Welcome to the Agronomy and Farm Management Podcast. I'm Amanda. And I'm Elizabeth. Thanks for joining us today. Well, it's almost that time of year again. I know some farmers have been getting planters out of their barns and making sure they're ready for planting season. Early predictions of spring, I think, have us a little nervous (laughs) of a repeat of maybe 2019, but we'll get into that here in a minute. We have Dr. Aaron Wilson here with us, of course, to uh, talk more about what we saw throughout the past few months and dive into the growing season. Welcome, Aaron. Hi, Amanda. Hi, Elizabeth. It's good to be back. Quick introduction of your position. I am a research scientist with the Bird Pollen Climate Research Center, and I'm also a climate specialist with OSU Extension, uh, working with the Ag and Natural Resources Group. Great. So let's go back to fall and talk about what we saw their um, warmer fall on the rankings? How'd we come in there? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, generally looking at 2021, obviously it was a very uh, productive season for producers across the state. Pretty pretty good weather for most regions. Uh, really, it was that late summer through fall that conditions turned really wet across our northwestern counties, in particular Williams, Fulton, Lucas, Henry counties, Defiance counties, and down into west central Ohio. Uh, So for the fall, it was the third warmest for the state of Ohio, so very, very warm temperatures. Uh, Remember, we had a lot of that fall armyworm uh, lingering around last season that that, uh, obviously had some some issues. Those warm overnight lows and warm temperatures kept multiple generations around. And again, very wet conditions across northwest and west central uh, as we went throughout the, the fall season. And so I know Uh, If you're listening uh, up there in Northwest, a few of you may still have crops in the field, but there was certainly a a long um, kind of lag time in terms of waiting for the fields to freeze up a bit to get harvest done last fall. And that's the reason why it was very, very wet. I remember dealing with a lot of humidity, trying to get beans off, but then talking to folks in Northwest Ohio, being reminded how lucky we were that we weren't nearly as wet as they were. They can't seem to catch a break up there. So the winter, the last time we talked, you predicted that maybe we would get some snow and <laughs> you failed us, Aaron. <laughs> yeah, and I think... Entirely. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, so obviously three snow lovers here uh, on the podcast and, and I certainly love it. it. Certainly didn't get started very well, right? I mean, if, if you like the snow, December was actually the second warmest December on record going back to 1895. Christmas Day, I mean, 69 degrees in Cincinnati, which is the warmest Christmas day ever. And the records in Cincy go back to 1871. Uh, Columbus was third warmest. Toledo was seventh warmest. We were all in the upper 50s to upper 60s just on Christmas Day. And as a matter of fact, it was interesting because soil temperatures across the state were in the mid to upper 40s across northwest Ohio, uh, low to mid 50s across southern Ohio as late as January 2nd. And, And just to have that extreme warmth that even down to four inches, for instance, very warm conditions. And of course, conditions did turn cold, but most of January was dry as well. So January, you know, this extreme variability that we're seeing a lot in our winters, for for instance, we went from the second warmest December on record to the 35th coldest January. It was a cold January. Uh, The first half of the month, we didn't see a lot of snowfall that I was hoping for. We didn't get our, our wet pattern, that La Nina, to really kick in until later. And we'll talk about that more in just a bit. Um, but it was fairly dry as well. Uh, so the cold, dry conditions allowed for some deeper frost depths this year than we've saw over, over the last few. Um, and, but overall, January was, was really dry. Um, yeah, and I think that if we think back to January and February last year, we had that snow cover and some soils didn't get below freezing. So 
on the one hand, I think it was good to relieve some compaction in some fields. But on the other hand, we're going to have to take a look at wheat to see how it came through. Also, uh, interesting just um, because we monitored the cover crops at Farm Science Review there at the plot so closely, and a lot of those survived that normally wouldn't. Um, I think it's just a good opportunity to take a look and see how some of these crops came through. Yeah, yeah, certainly. The one thing, even though it was cold in January too, um, you know, I was thinking about the extremes. We didn't, we didn't have a lot of extremes or really large um, flip-flopping in the month of January. So it was pretty consistently cold, but not in an extreme way. And I think that probably prevented some heaving and things from happening yeah. as well. So, so yeah, obviously, you know, right now is a great time to check on, on conditions. We're waiting for uh, to wheat to spring back. I've been, I've been noting in, a, in some of our regional calls, I, the wheat looks a little bit like Mountain Dew lately, you know, that fluorescent <laughs> yellow, green, but yeah, certainly once we got into February, we flipped back to a very wet pattern. Um, February was above average for temperatures for most of the state, even though um, not, not, not a lot above average. It was average to slightly above average, kind of the middle tier, uh, but very wet. Sixth wettest um, February on record for the state. A lot of counties had their wettest counties, so Franklin County, Madison, um, Clark County, I believe, was also the wettest February on record. Uh, so overall, you know, we look back at the, at the winter, it was warm and wet. That's how we will classify it as the 26th wettest winter, December, January, February, uh, and the 16th wettest. Again, that snowfall, you know, especially in Southwest Ohio, only about five to 10 inches of snowfall total for the season. Uh, that's only about 25 to 50% of normal. So my apologies for that. Uh, we, you know, we had a couple of big storms uh, you know, I'll never forget three inches of sleet on the yeah. south side of Columbus, which, you know, 16 hours of sleet just blew my mind, <laughs> just waiting for it to turn to snowfall. But um, and, and of course, you know, even across the lake, lake effect belt region, you know, where they've seen 60 to 80 inches of rainfall, Ashtabula, Geauga County, that's still a bit below average. The only places in the state that saw above average snowfall were places like Tuscarawas, uh, south to about Lawrence County. They were a little bit above average. So overall, yeah, we, did, we didn't get as much snowfall. Uh, time's running out. I, I won't say uh, never before the end of this month, but certainly um, at this point, I think we all want the warmer conditions. Yeah. It's interesting that, you know, we only total up to the 16th wettest because here recently it feels like it is raining constantly. So what's the story on that, Aaron? Well, again, it, it's, it's the details are hidden by these longer term climate averages. January was very dry. December was was wet in some areas. And then February has been very wet, especially, um, I would say, south of, of, you know, basically the southeastern two thirds of the state have been really wet. We, we've missed out on a lot of the heavier rainfall across northwest, but they needed a break, right? They needed a break after that fall. So we've sort of balanced it out across the area. It's, it's just a matter of, you know, it, it, having a very fairly dry January versus a, a wet February, and those balance out to about the 16th wettest. Uh, the other thing, too, that we've, we saw a lot in February, January and February, as a matter of fact, is, again, those southern counties have picked up anywhere from four to six events of, of daily rainfall above one inch. We, we've set a lot of daily records, even some two-and-a-half-inch rain, daily rainfall records in places like Dayton and Columbus. Um, so it's that heavy rainfall event early in the season, January and February, 
on things like bare fields that make folks kind of think about water quality and runoff and erosion and those sorts of things as well. So uh, certainly we've already had some challenges uh, and, and I think, uh, you know, not to let the cat out of the bag too, too much, but um, this year won't be like last year. I think we, we have a pretty wet horizon. There's a La Nina pattern going on right now. Um, how's that affecting what we're seeing with these wet patterns? Yeah, so we talked about we, we talk about this occasionally. You know, we talk about El, El Nino or La Nina and whether they're occurring. So La Nina, again, just to review, cool sea surface temperatures in the tropical Pacific. So off the coast of South America, when the when that water is colder than average, it sets up a certain pattern across the northern hemisphere winter across North America where it really amplifies the jet stream. And by that, I mean, it really kind of pulls warmer air well north into parts of Alaska. As a matter of fact, we saw a, a daily record at Kodiak, Alaska in December of 67 degrees, which beat the record by more than 20 degrees for the daily high. Wow. So that's just an example of how much warm air can be extended mm -hmm. up into the north. That allows really cold air to filter down into the northern part of the United States. So the northern Great Plains, Dakotas, have been very cold. Their frost, frost depths are as deep as 49 inches this year. Wow. And they've had incredible, wow. incredible cold. But part of this La Nina pattern is the jet stream sort of uh, moves right across the Ohio Valley. And so you have frequent storms that ride right along that gradient, that barrier between the cold air to the north and the warmer air to the south. And that's why we've had so many you know rain to snow or ice and, and those types of scenarios because it's a very active pattern and in the in you know at the end of last year i was hoping for snowfall to have a little bit more of that colder air combined with the moisture from la nina we just didn't get sustained cold air at the same time that this wetter pattern kicked in so anyway now we're sitting in la nina we have very wet pattern frequent storms moving across the region uh, we've got a lot of standing water you know i think you can look around and see a lot of standing water uh, again, where the ice and snow melted at first, but then having these frequent rainfalls on top. So our, our soil moisture is is in the upper echelon for a lot of areas, kind of in those high percentiles. Rivers are at, at well above average, really running uh, even some high stands for this, you know, mid-March. Um, again, February, kind of back to, to February, it is our driest month of the year. So climatologically speaking, okay. and so, you know, areas like Cincinnati picking up over nine inches of rain for the month, that is, that is mm -hmm. ex some extreme weather for that, for this part of the season. So here we are, wet conditions, La Nina is still in place. We're expecting La Nina to still have an influence on our spring weather and then start to tail off as we head into our summertime. And March is always a roller coaster, as you put it. So what are you thinking March, April, Let's get into that a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so March, you know, we know what's ups and downs. We know we've already seen some highs in the upper mm -hmm. 70s. We know it's also a fairly windy month. You know, we, we get a lot of wind around the <laughs> yeah. region and this tug of war between the cold and the warmth. By the way, we're on the right side of the season, right? We know it has to get warmer. Um, <laughs> so there, there is light at the end of the tunnel here. Uh, but, you know, as far as, you know, looking out the rest of, you know, the latter half of March, it does look like temperatures are are going to be about where they should be, ups and downs, but averaging about normal, uh, but a very active pattern to continue. So frequent storms moving through. Again, mostly rainfall at this point, but can't rule out some snowfall uh, on the backside of things as we head throughout the rest of the month. Um, so this weather, you know, wetter than average conditions are going to stick around. 
Um, and that's also going to have an impact as we head into the next couple months. So again, you know, kind of thinking back in our, our minds of last year, we had a very dry winter and spring. It allowed temperatures to warm up really quick in March because dry soils will warm up faster as our sun gets mm -hmm. higher. Um, and that allowed some good conditions to take place in terms of our planting season. Now we have very saturated soils. They lag to warm up a little bit. So that can keep uh, our temperatures down just a little bit until the sun gets, gets higher in the sky in, 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 in uh, late April and May and into June. But all indications right now are wetter than average conditions, very very likely for March, April, May, uh, and maybe even into June, we see that signal kind of lingering into the, the first half of the, the summer period. Uh, less confidence on our temperature. Again, it'll depend on how strong of a push of southerly air we get sustained to get temperatures up. But if we're seeing a lot of rainfall, those temperatures take a little bit longer to warm up because of that soil. Um, and to kind of explain that a little bit, when you've got water sitting in the soil or on the surface, as the sun angle gets higher and evaporation starts, uh, the sun angle is, 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 or the sun's energy is going in to evaporate that moisture. And if it's doing that, physics tells us that if it's just changing state, the temperature doesn't change. So that's why evaporating that moisture uh, all that energy is going into evaporating the moisture versus increasing the temperature of the air. So that, that's how that, that works in terms of, of the soil moisture. So, yeah, it, it, it really is. That question is, you know, is it going to be like 2019? Is, is, yeah. I, I hear that quite a bit over the last couple of months. And I made a comment a couple of years ago this time about how I always remembered Memorial Days being so cool growing up and that we had been in couple years there where it was really warm over Memorial and then last year we had one that was really cold and it sounds like that possibility of that happening again this year so I guess we'll see how the camping trip pans out <laughs> do you want to answer that question of how much it's going to look like <laughs> sure sure yeah um, so first of all from a prediction what we call a deterministic or a prediction standpoint I can't predict that it's going to be just like 2019, right? Um, a lot of different factors come together for that. Uh, so it's, it's, it's almost impossible at this point to say that it's going to be like 2019. I can say with a high degree of confidence, fairly high degree of confidence, again, that it's not going to be like last year. It's not going to be 2021. I think the term I've been using is that I think, you know, from a planning perspective, a little more patience this year. Um, I think that folks need to be ready to roll when they get the windows of opportunity mm -hmm. um, and to don't assume that uh, next week there'll be another opportunity. I think that's the best approach. It's like if, if you've got the right soil conditions and, you've, and you're ready to go and you want to get it, I think that that would be good. Now, there's a lot of decisions there and folks don't like replanting mm -hmm. and all of that stuff. And I understand that. I just think that uh, we're going to have to use a little bit of patience this season because it's you know, we, we have last year on our minds, and it was such a great start to the season. We really need to be mindful about, um, you know, just being ready to go when those opportunities arise. I think we will have opportunities again, um, but hopefully we'll cross our fingers a little bit and hope that it's not 2019. Yeah. I mean, being ready is always good advice with the trends you know, you've been sharing with us over the last few years. Yeah. yeah. Getting the planter out on those sunny days this time of year. 
Maybe seems a little early, but it's probably not a bad idea. Yeah, especially with part shortages that we have too. So when you look at the drought monitor, we are definitely an anomaly across the U.S. There's some severe drought out there. Uh, Do you see that letting up for those folks out west, or do you see us trending more towards the drought as we get into summer? Yeah, so again, La Nina has been in place. This is what we call a double dip La Nina. So we had a, a dip, we had La Nina last year and this year, where it tends to turn wet for us in the wintertime, which we didn't see last year, by the way. And I won't get into all the reasons for that. But this year, we certainly saw the wet conditions. The central plains, especially the high plains, tend to dry out um, during the, this kind of, just because of that, what we call the ridge of high pressure that's building across the west, and then rainfall doesn't occur. So if anything, drought has been has maintained itself across the winter and, and intensified in some locations already. Parts of Nebraska, I heard, are, are irrigating in February, which wow. they had never done before, uh, or at least in their recent mm-hmm. memory, they hadn't remembered. So what we're doing is we're watching. We expect drought to intensify. A lot of our, our regional colleagues across the region are paying really close attention to that. We know that cattle's down, for instance, and a lot of calling taking place across the Great Plains. They've got a lot of water quality issues, you know, just poor water quality because of the dry conditions to be able to uh, maintain. Anyway, yes, you're absolutely right. If you look at the drought monitor and you you can see the Ohio Valley is wet, that's a clear La Nina signal. Uh, That will eventually start to weaken, you know, as we head in through the summertime, June, July, August. Long-term conditions, we see our long-term trends in July and August are are flat precipitation trends to even drying. Um, So I do expect some drying to take place, you know, late, mid to late season. What we're going to keep an eye on is to see how strong that drought and how far east it expands. Uh, It won't be fast, so I don't expect it over the next four to five months, for instance. But then as we head into late summer and into fall, We'll have to see how much that that drought expands across our region, and and that's you know pretty typical for drought unless we see a big weather change where we start really getting rainfall in the central U.S. to help break that out. We don't see that this summer, so unfortunately for those folks out there, I think drought's going to be a big concern. Um, here in the well, here in the east, we'll have to figure out you know when when will we dry out? You know, it's always something, and there's always a strong gradient it seems across the U.S. But certainly, we'll keep our eyes out on the drought. So, if you can just work on fine tuning that, so we know like when we should plant exactly to get rain during pollination, things like that, that'd be great. All right, I'll get on that. <laughs> We don't talk about hay a lot, but hopefully we'll be able to get hay out because if we don't necessarily need it in Ohio, there's some places who are struggling with um, having enough pasture. So out west, there might be a market for that too. Or, you know, we certainly have done those emergency deliveries for difficult situations out there too. So any hay producers out there, do what you can to keep a good crop. Well, Erin, we always appreciate the insights you bring. Um, some warmer weather would be great. <laughs> great to have you on, and I'm sure we'll be touching base later on in the season to see how things are progressing. Yeah, absolutely. I look forward to it. Thank you, Elizabeth. Thank you, Amanda. And uh, good luck to all of our producers across the state. And um, looking forward to talking to you uh, really soon. All right. And just a reminder, you can find him on Facebook and Twitter if you'd like uh, weekly updates on weather forecast around our area. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening to the Agronomy and Farm Management Podcast. 
Join us again in two weeks for our next episode. Hey, podcast listeners. Just a reminder to give us a like or subscribe so you know when we release new episodes. If you're enjoying the podcast, be sure to leave us a review also. We appreciate the comments.